is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode 156 for Wednesday, March 26, 2014. Well, Jason, at least we're not in Nova Scotia. That's true. <laughs> but I like Nova Scotia. Oh, me too. I have nothing wrong with it. But we complained about the weather last time, and it's still cold here. But boy, howdy, at least we're not in Nova Scotia. That is very, very true. 50 to 60 centimeters of snow today. I was talking to my brother-in-law, and in Moncton, New Brunswick, it's almost as bad. Yikes. At least here, it is not insane like that. Right? True. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's a little cold today, and it's going to get uh, it's going to get nicer on the weekend. But uh, I'm I'm really glad that f- you know 50 to 60 centimeters of snow is a lot of snow. I mean, for people uh, you know listeners out there that don't get a lot of snow, uh, you know half a meter of snow that's a foot and a half is 50 centimeters. You know, and uh, it's almost two feet of snow, and that's just just too much snow in one day. In it's one just day. too much. Yeah, it's I could take that much snow over the course of the entire winter, frankly. Yeah. But not in one day. So, uh anyone out on the East Coast, it's probably bad in Maine, places like that as well. So, um hope you're that's, doing okay. That's the kind of level of snow that you have to one you have to shovel off the roof. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, if you don't get that kind of snow regularly and you have a flat roof, uh, you're in danger of it collapsing because that's that's a hell of a lot of weight. And two, you have to walk around your house and clear off any uh, exhaust fence. Like for your furnace, you have to clear off that exhaust fent because if it gets uh, blocked up, uh, you're all going to die. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants no. that. So clear your roof and clear your exhaust, people. Yeah. Um, and, and an escape path. You don't have to shovel the whole driveway. Just shovel, you know, a way to get out from the front door. Or for your mailman to get to your door. Oh, they don't, they're not going to deliver the mail today. <laughs> I know, probably not. <laughs> Schools are closed. It's only in the States where it's the uh, in the dark of the storm or the dead of night or whatever it is. In Canada, we don't have that. We have like, uh, you know, if they have to break out the dog sled teams, they're not delivering the mail. <laughs> That's right. No, I don't think they even have dog sled teams. Not but, here, no. But maybe. Maybe, maybe. in the far north. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to everyone that has pledged us some money on Patreon. This is something we announced last time on the podcast, just two days ago or three days ago. And uh, already a bunch of people have gone over to our Patreon page and pledged a little bit of money. So thank you to you people. Um, if you are curious about what this is all about, Head over to patreon.com slash thetalkingdead and you can support what we're doing here. Now, Neil from the internet sent me this email. He said, may I ask what the money is going towards? And there's another part of this email that I'm going to get to in a second, Jason, because it's for you. Okay. But to answer your question, Neil, the money goes towards all of the expenses that we have putting on the podcast, like hosting and bandwidth and and uh, equipment and stuff like that. Specifically, if you want to know, I'm not all that thrilled with my mixer right now. So once we get a little bit of money coming in, I think I will look at buying a new mixer. So that kind of stuff. Um, and that and being the, said... Uh, the software that we use to record is a, is a subscription software. It's not like you buy the software, right? We have to pay for it every month. That's true. There is... Monthly fee. There are some software costs as well. Um 
and uh, so th there are all sorts of different expenses that go into it. So we're not looking to get rich, although rich would be nice. Rich but... would be fantastic, but uh, <laughs> I could yeah. really use that rich guy job. Yeah, that's uh, that's the one I want. Yeah. No boss, no manager, no clients, no customers, no nothing. Just rich guy. That's right. Sounds like a pretty good job to me. Yeah. But um, before that happens, uh, there are other things that we, we need to keep things going here. What I was going to say, though, is um, talking about my mixer, if there's anybody out there that is a recording engineer or has experience with Mackie, the Mackie Onyx line of mixers or similar devices, drop me an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. I have some questions that you might be able to help out with. I'm certainly not an expert, even though we've been doing this for a while, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, there's always more to learn, and I have some questions about the way this works. So if you're an audio expert or a mixer guy, because there's got to be mixer guys out there, right? Well, yeah. Um, drop me a note. I, I, if you know, I might have some questions for you if you're willing to uh, answer them. So, and this podcast is pretty much held together with spit, hair, glue, and a little bit of good luck. Yeah, that's what you need, though. A, yeah. Just a little. You got to be lucky to be good, Jason. But you also have to be good to be lucky. So, that's true. Says something about everything, right there. Yep. Anyways, the second part of Neil's email. He says, also, next time on the podcast, could you get Jason to say the following sentence? Uh-oh. <laughs> it is, I'm going out and about for sure with Nilo. I'm going out and about for sure with Nilo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I do it one more time? I'm going out and about for sure with Nilo. There you Why? go. That is going to be Neil's new ringtone, I bet you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm going out and about for sure with Nilo. If I knew it was going to be a ringtone, I'd give it a little more oomph. Okay, well, I think I was laughing over the beginning of that one, so one more time. All right. <clears throat> I'm going out and about with Nilo. Oh, crap, I screwed it up. I'm going out and about for sure with Nilo. There we go. Neil, yeah. whatever that's for, I hope it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, moving on. We are going to play two entries this week in our favorite scene contest. Excellent. So the first one comes from Van and Maria in South Carolina. They might have lived. Karen and David. They might have lived. Now they're dead. That wasn't your decision to make. When Tyrese finds out, he'll kill you. Damn near killed me over nothing. I can handle Tyrese. When the others find out, they won't want you there. And if they don't make it back, if everybody dies of this thing, and it's just the two of us, with Judith and Carl, with my, my children, I won't have you there. Rick, it's me. No one else has to know. I thought you were done making decisions for everyone. I'm making this decision. For me. I could have pretended that everything was going to be fine. But I didn't. I did something. I stepped up. I had to do something. No. You didn't. If you think I'm going anywhere without Lizzie and Mika. Do you want them to leave? To go out there with you? Lizzie is sick. Mika is ten years old. Please, you, you can't. We'll keep them safe. You're not that woman who is too scared to be alone. Not anymore. You're going to start over. 
find others, people who don't know, you're going to survive out here. You will. Maybe. All right. That's the first awesome. one. So I have two questions about that. Number one, it sounds like their smoke detector needs batteries. Is that what that was? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, but it sounded like a smoke, smoke detector beep in the background. Um, and two, the music at the end, um, I assume that was supposed to be part of it. Did you hear that? I did. I thought maybe it was a phone ringing or uh, it sounded like it was. it sort of faded in, so it... it it probably was part of it. I went back to the original scene they were doing. That was, of course, Rick banishing Carol. Right. And I thought the, the, the show has been using a lot of music lately at the end and beginning of episodes. Um, and I thought maybe there was music in that scene and they were trying to recreate that, but there wasn't. So I guess that was either um, a happy accident or they did it on purpose. I don't know. It was still fun. Oh, it was totally great. All right. So here comes the next one. And this is... Paul in Aberdeen, Scotland, UK. So, you're the governor? That's their term, not mine. Oh, but still, you're beholden to your people. Well, of course. You have responsibility to them. Ech. Wasn't Merle your lieutenant? He was helpful, yeah. But you knew he was erratic. You blame him for scooping up Glenn and Maggie in the first place. Exactly. I was trying to sort it out when you attacked. So it was his fault. He's a wild card, but he's effective. He gets the dirty jobs done. I thought you'd take responsibility. I thought you were a cop, not a lawyer. Either way, I don't pretend to be a governor. I told you. I'm the leader. You're the town drunk who knocked over my fence and ripped up my yard, nothing more. Didn't you ever misjudge someone? Hmm? Andrea told me about your baby, that it might be your partner's. But you're caring for her, I admire that. Restitution for your own lack of insight, for failing to see the devil beside you. Oh, I see him all right. Oh, come at last. I bought whiskey. What'd you think of that one? <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> I effing love Scottish accents. Well, yeah, and I think uh, I think Paul was putting it on a little bit there. You know, I, I don't loved, care. It was still awesome. I loved his take on the governor on that one. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. We get, we got to get you in a studio, and we got to record all of the episodes. <laughs> Sounds do like all the point. voices. Just do that. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it was really, really good. Thank you to both of you, all three of you, or uh, for sending in those this week. And uh, not much time left. Only one more podcast before the podcast where we announce the winner. So awesome. Uh, we will have some more listening to do, Jason, over the next uh, week, and mm -hmm. have to choose our favorite. Okay. Cool. One more thing before we get into the feedback, although All this right. is kind of feedback. This is a listener call of the week, and what I'm doing here is going to play this call because it's not really about The Walking Dead per se, uh, but it is relevant to something we talked about on this show before, and uh, this comes from Chris in Pennsylvania. Hi guys, this is Chris from Pennsylvania. I got behind on the shows and I was just catching up on number 150. You asked if you had an accent. You said that somebody in the States said that you sound like anybody else in the U.S. And that's just not true. 
Everybody has at least a local or regional accent. I live about 25 miles south of the Canadian border and have been exposed to Canadian television for most of my life. I have what's called a Rust Belt accent, but very specifically not a Pittsburgh accent, which is south of me. They have one all to themselves. You have your own Ontario-specific accent qualities, but you also have the Canadian accent as well. Specifically, you handle the letter A differently than we do in the U.S. Even companies adjust their advertising for it. For a certain car company, you say Mazda, we say Mazda. Mazda adjusts their Canadian advertising to accommodate that. You say pasta, we say pasta. Related specifically to the show, you say Sasha, we say Sasha. Although I think you're actually saying it the way the Russians would speak it. So in the end, if somebody actually is paying attention, they know you guys aren't from the U.S. By the way, the major brand of crazy cheese here in the United States would be Cheese Whiz. It appears you have the version in the jar, but not as a canned product. You guys are doing a great job. I really enjoyed the show. Thanks. Well, thank you, Chris. And he has opened my eyes to the difference in the, the letter A up here yeah. as down there. Pa- pasta and pasta. So we, we I, I guess I say pasta. Well, I definitely say pasta. Pasta and uh, Mazda. It is. Well, to, Sasha. to me, it's Mazda, not Mazda. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I was originally confused as to whether that was an accent or a dialect. And I went and looked up the difference, and it is indeed an accent. Well, a dialect uses different words, right? right? Whereas an accent does different inflections. Accent has different sounds of the same words, basically, in you know, to simplify it anyways. And a dialect, you're right, is generally different words for the same things. We say pop, most Americans say soda. So that's yeah. a dialect difference, I think. But we say bank machine, they say ABM. A- or ATM. ATM. Yeah. yeah. Uh exactly. But uh thank you, Chris, for pointing that out. Now regarding the crazy cheese, we do indeed have uh, cheese whiz in the jar but not in a can up here but while i was in chicago i picked up two cans of easy cheese in walmart nice and i brought them back so as soon as jason and i can get in the same room together with microphones in front of us there is going to be an easy cheese taste test easy cheese fight uh no not a fight <laughs> maybe a taste test though <laughs> you sure because uh you know if we're, if we're if we get together at your place i'm all for a fight if we get together at my place, uh, no, no, no cheese fighting. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have any cheese fighting. If my kids were involved, you never know what might happen. But it's oh, just going to be you fun. and I. We tried pickle juice once many months ago. Now we're going good. to. It was interesting doing a shot of pickle water. Uh, but now we're going to do some easy cheese. Cool. Coming up soon, and that may happen sooner than you think. <laughs> I don't yeah. know for sure though. Uh, All right, thanks, Chris. Let's move on, Jason, and get into the meat of this sandwich. And we're going to start it with this. Holy crap. Did you see that? That is right. We're going to get caught up on some holy craps that have come in in the last couple of days. So the first one comes from Jamie on Facebook. And Jamie says, Joe told Daryl that their friend had been killed in the toilet. So Lou died on the Lou. (laughs) Awesome. The guy that Rick strangled in the bathroom was named Lou, and he was on the Lou. What was Lou doing on the Lou? Because Lou wasn't going to the Lou. He was just on the Lou. Yeah, we never really figured it out. He was sitting there with his shoes off, maybe just taking a break, resting his feet, looking for a little quiet time amongst the chaotic 
you know, lifestyle of the the wild dogs, and he ended up getting strangled. Do you think that uh, do you think that he said claimed when he went into that bathroom and uh, Rick broke the claimed rule and killed him, and, that, and that's why Rick is on the on the shit list? Well, if he claimed that toilet, you know, and uh, no one else can use it, so maybe, yep. maybe. All right, so we have an email from Mike in North Carolina. My holy crap, did you see that moment was at the very end as the group uh, walked into Terminus. What looked like Beth's gray tank top and white undershirt were draped over a laundry basket. Not sure if it is, but it would go with the theory that Mary kidnapped her. So there is a strong theory out there, or there's a theory out there, that Beth will be at Terminus. And we kind of went for that theory last time on the podcast, too, thinking that maybe she's already there being held captive or or something else. And uh, Mike seems to have noticed what possibly could be her clothes. He sent a screenshot. I took a look. I'd say it's inconclusive at best, but at the same time, I wouldn't really put it past the people making the show that, you know, to throw it in there as a hint. Right. So is this the, uh, is this the tank top and undershirt that she got at the pro shop? Yeah, maybe. Um, so I'm just thinking maybe they went to the pro shop as well. Maybe this is, you know, this is not the first group of people that passed by the pro shop that, uh, that showed up here. Sure. There's, there's a million explanations, I guess. But, uh, if we do find out on Sunday that Beth is already there in one state or another, uh, maybe those are her clothes, you know, maybe, Maybe it was a little hint thrown in there because they like to do that sort of thing. All right, another one. Kevin from formerly, sorry, Kevin formerly of Jarvis, Ontario, says, Holy crap, did you hear the song that was playing during the entrance to Terminus? I thought silence would have made the whole scene way more creepy. And I just wanted to point that one out because the show has been using a lot of music lately. Have you noticed that? Uh, I've noticed music. I don't know if it's lately, but... I have noticed music. I feel like this season, and maybe even in the back half of this season, especially, they've they've ended a lot of episodes with you know music playing over some shots of of whatever, and they've even opened a couple of episodes, I think, with music. Now, I I don't know, maybe it's no more than usual, but it seems to have stood out to me, and uh, it seems like Kevin noticed it as well. And he makes a good point. You walk into Terminus if everything is silent and nobody's around it might have been even a little bit more unsettling. Right. You know? Yeah, So that's good, true. good observation. Yeah. So we have uh, Luciana from Facebook. My holy crap, did you see that moment was Glenn telling Maggie that he met Tara on the road and in that forgiving her, per, per, sorry, forgiving her participation in the governor invasion. It was a sweet, quiet moment and gave a little peace to Tara and, Whenever someone can give have a little peace in this show is a holy crap moment. You know, we've said before, nothing good ever happens to the characters on The Walking Dead, it seems like, especially yeah. if you read the comic book. There's a lot of depressing stuff in this show sometimes, so Tara got a moment of peace, and that qualifies. What's next? Barbara on Facebook. My holy crap, did you see that? Is a camera shot in the tunnel when Glenn and Tara are getting rescued. There's a shot of a very skeletal walker that has a through-and-through through hole in it. You can see Glenn's flashlight from its backside. Totally awesome. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Me too. That was cool. It, yeah. And, in fact, I think there was more than one hole. This this zombie was being held together by not much. 
String and spit and hair and a little bit of luck. The same things that we put together this here operation with. This so you hear zombie podcast. <laughs> That's right. And it, it I remember seeing that too. It was pretty cool. And uh you know, how do they how do they do that sort of effect, do you think? They uh they use uh, movie magic, Chris. Oh movie magic, right. Yeah, they right, use movie right. magic. I gotta remember movie magic, it can do anything. Right, so this uh, this next email comes from Chris in Massachusetts. I didn't catch this myself until I saw it on a message board, but go back and look at the paintings that Carl and Michonne found in the house. There's one with a sunflower, and the one that was defaced is Mary, as if Terminus, Terminus isn't creepy enough already. Okay, so the paintings in that house that Michonne found, there's a bunch of them that are apparently or seemingly meaningful to the show. She saw one of bunnies, and as we know, uh, Lizzie was dissecting rabbits. Yep. She saw uh, sunflowers, and now we've seen a whole bunch of sunflowers at Terminus. And the defaced one was of a brown-haired woman with a braid down one side of her face and, and, you know, onto one shoulder. And Mary, standing there at the end of that episode, had brown hair and a braid down one side of her head. Hmm. So there seems to be a lot of parallels with what was in those paintings and other things we've seen in the show this season. Uh, I I don't imagine that would be accidental. No. Very few things uh, in movie magic are accidental. Right. So... What's the point? Does it mean anything? Are they trying to tell us something? Are they trying to foreshadow things in a really obscure way? I'm asking. Could be, yeah, well, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I really don't know. They could. Uh, it could just be a hey, an Easter egg, you know? Hey, cool, look, that thing is in that other thing, and there's all kinds of stuff there. For those of you paying attention, look at all these paintings. They all, you know, portray something else in the episode. Now, having said that, the do you remember in that house when Michonne and well Michonne finds the sort of pink nursery room with all the dead people in it? Yes. The woman sitting in the chair, the one with the that has the hat back of her head blown off, also had a similar hairstyle with the braid hanging down the side. So oh. and you know, and, and not only that, Lizzie was known to wear her hair like that as well. So it, you know, it almost could apply to any of those characters, really. Right. But That's true. You know, it's the, it's the little things that you notice, and even on a second watching, that make uh, that makes things so interesting because you notice foreshadowing and just you know references all over the place. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, if the show didn't have that kind of stuff, it wouldn't be as deep and rich and <laughs> like a like a dark chocolate, deep and rich. Idea for a podcast. Call the podcast 10 times a review, and you review something that you watched 10 times. Jeez. <laughs> that, that would be tough if you really hated it. <laughs> yeah, it really would. But it would, uh, it would really solidify how you feel about something. That's true. All right, anyway, that's, a, that's a good idea. If we ever or maybe st- we go back and watch the, the whole season uh, 10 times and then uh, review it. Oh, man, that would take a long time. If we ever start another podcast, maybe it'll be 10 times reviews. Yeah. Or you know what? If you're out there and you want to do that, go for it. I would subscribe to that podcast. Absolutely. It's a lot of work. It's definitely a lot of work. Oh, good Lord, yeah. All right. Thank you for those holy crap moments, everybody. Let's get into some feedback for last week's episode. Listener feedback. 
All right. Am I starting off, Jason? You are. This comes from Ruthie on the interwebs in Oklahoma. I just wanted to drop you a quick line about the premium growing space for sunflowers. It's possible that they were growing them not just to eat, but to get sunflower oil, which can be used for a variety of things, one of which is cooking. Right. Sunflower oil. They come, that comes from sunflowers, I think. Well, it may. Yeah, it I, may. I hadn't considered that before this very moment. Right. So not just food. As you said, you don't even consider them food because it's too much work. Right. But sunflower oil could be used for, well, as Ruthie said, a variety of things. I can't think of anything right now, but... Well, deep frying uh, French fries. Okay, there you go. You got to grow <laughs> some potatoes to go with that. Well, that's fine. Potatoes are, you know, you got potatoes, you got sunflower oil, you got yourself some French fries. Maybe you can use it as a skin moisturizer to keep your skin glistening soft. And when you're done making French fries, you can uh, use the sunflower oil in a biodiesel-fueled vehicle. Oh, there you go. See, that's useful right there. Yeah. You probably need a lot of sunflowers for that, though. Yeah, it could be. All right, so this is from, the next email is from George in D.C. First, the sleeping on the railroad tracks. I don't understand why you're so hung up on this. It completely makes sense to sleep on the tracks. The tracks are at a central point of a narrow opening between tree lines on either side. It's exactly where you'd want to be if a zombie shambles out of the trees into the opening because it gives the most distance from from it to from it to you on either side. I really couldn't stand Glenn's Glenn in this episode. All right, so it goes on to the next point. I was seriously hoping he would be killed at the end before meeting up with Maggie. It would have been a great moment of suspense and he would have completely deserved it. His single focused obsession with reuniting with Maggie was so overdone and and just tiresome and stupid. Uh, if he was normally a selfish, uh, narcissistic character or even a, just a bit rash, then perhaps his behavior in this episode would have made more sense. But entering a dark tunnel, he knew contained many zombies while blatantly exploiting Tara's guilt, who's injured to boot, is just completely out of character for him, missing wife or no. Okay, so on the first point, what do you think about sleeping in the tracks because it's right down the center and gives you the maximum distance from either side? George, you got a good point. I'm on board with sleeping on the tracks. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's right in the middle, and it does, uh, at the very least, if a zombie shambles out of one side, you can get your ass up and on the other side of the tracks, and it might stumble and fall, right? Which yep. gives you a natural barrier. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 it makes sense to me now. I'm, for that reason, over George. for that reason, it, it definitely makes sense. You know, I would still have reservations about sleeping on train tracks, even if I know that no trains are going to come by. It just feels wrong. Right. But practically, you're right. You want to stay away from the woods. Why would you sleep right at the edge of the woods when you don't have to, right? Because yeah. zombies could come out from anywhere. Assuming you wake up, you're, you're in better shape if uh, you're right in the middle. You know, it would be a good idea if you had uh, infinite amount of muscle power for staying at night is you uh, rip up the train tracks and use the railroad ties to make a fort. Excellent idea, but that's Which I think they should do at Terminus because they have a whole rail yard there full of railroad ties. It's got to be pretty hard to rip up railroad ties, though. Well, and, I don't know. And railroad tracks on top of them. Well, I assume at a, at a railroad, uh, a rail station like Terminus, that the, the equipment would be lying around somewhere. And you could do it by hand. I mean, you, you rip up the spikes, you rip up the tracks... You take the railroad ties, you build yourself a nice fort or a treehouse, and you live happily ever after. Yeah, it's a bit of diminishing returns, though. The energy expended doing that might not... 
be worth the end results, you know? The amount of energy you'd use, therefore the amount of food and water you'd need that you might not have. Uh, I mean, ultimately, yeah, you have a cool tree fort <laughs> or house or whatever, but I don't know <laughs> if, if getting, I don't know if you'd survive to that point. All right, I'm just blinded by the fact that they could make a tree fort because I've always wanted a tree fort. Yeah, man, tree forts are awesome. All okay, right, so well, the second point that uh, that George made was uh, Glenn in this episode. Uh, he really didn't like him. No, and our next one, Chris from the UK, has a sort of a counterpoint to that. And let's read that now. And sure. Chris says, Everything you said about Glenn's decision-making in this episode is true, but congratulations for not going the lazy writing route. People make dumb decisions all the time, and a man with an obsession, his desire to find Maggie, is particularly prone to overlooking the obvious. I'm getting really tired of reading criticisms of this show based on the entirely flawed assumption that people always make rational choices in their own best interests. Clever people make dumb decisions every day, and usually without the added complication of an apocalypse. So, I can't. I'm trying to remember the last time I made a rational decision that uh, wasn't in my own, uh, that wasn't counter to my own best interest. <laughs> so you pretty much do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's no zombie apocalypse here. Right. It, that's an added stress that we just don't need when we're decision making as human beings. Right. So Glenn going into the tunnel, dumb. Yes. Uh, makes no sense. Yes. But. He's human, and sometimes humans do these things, especially when faced with sort of a obsess obsessive end goal, right? Yeah. So uh, it works. And uh, I'm glad we didn't go for the lazy writing route as well, because there tends to be an explanation for most things when it comes to the writing. And, and we've probably used that excuse in the past. I don't know. But uh, in this case... You know, if it was my wife and maybe I thought she was being attacked by zombies in a tunnel, I might go in to try and save her too. Right. So there you go. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking that she had gone through the tunnel and was not actually in the tunnel kind of thing. So go around because she went through and I'll catch up to her eventually. But maybe he's, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a point later on, I think, that, uh, that addresses this. What's funny about it, though, is when you consider the zombie noises they could hear in the tunnel, that's almost reason to encourage Glenn to go in. If you don't hear those zombie noises, you think, okay, she's gone, she's gone through, why risk it? Because she made it, I'll go around, I'll catch up with them later. That's a little more rational, although it takes longer. But right. hearing those zombie noises, you think, she might be one of the zombies, she might be attacked by those zombies, I need to get in there and help out or find out if she's okay. Right? Is it Stephen King uh, novel where uh, there's a sickness... Uh, the thing is that what it is there's a yeah. there's a scene in one of the uh, I think in the thing or what that Stephen King novel I forget which one it is uh, where uh, a guy has to get out of New York City and he has to and he goes through a tunnel uh, to get off of Manhattan mm -hmm. and uh, that tunnel was just ultimately a horrid idea and that hadn't occurred to me but uh, if I was about to go into a tunnel I think that that you know that chapter of that Stephen King novel would come back to me in a big way and I'd be like nope 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 and I'd go around <laughs> except that getting out of Manhattan it's water so you either need a bridge or a boat yeah I, I would swim I would I would rather swim than go through the tunnel <laughs> wow I don't know the scene you're talking about uh I don't think I've read that book but if you can figure out which one it is it sounds fascinating yeah 
All right, so uh, moving on. We have next is Amanda from Facebook. Uh, regarding Daryl's nonchalant attitude towards Beth missing, I don't think it's as bad as it's perceived. Uh, when she was first taken, he was looking for her, but ended up breaking down emotionally and physically in the intersection of that road. He immediately meets up with the wild dogs who are seemingly bad guys. It seems that they plan to kill him. So I assume that's why he went with them. Now, he may be afraid to leave because they will ask where he's going. Misunderstood or not, those aren't the type of people you would want to run up on a pretty blonde girl. Not to mention that they just murdered someone for breaking the rules. I'm sure he has a plan to look for her. Uh, as Jason says, that's me. Uh, maybe he's trying to lead them away. You know, fair fair points. Uh, he's Had he been on his own, he might be more inclined to stick around or look for her or try to track her in some other way. But he's not. He's with these other guys. He's probably feeling a little coerced by them because yeah. they aren't great guys. And, you know... He can't, it's hard to leave. Now, I didn't really get the impression that they would prevent him from taking off. And there is that scene in the episode uh, where he wakes up in the morning, or the the wild dogs wake up in the morning, and they think he's gone, but they realize his stuff is still there. So he would have had the opportunity to sneak away in the night, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, Daryl decided to stay with them. So I still have a bit of a problem with him not sort of doing more to find Beth. But... I think it's a little more understandable why he might not now. And the other thing is, like we said last time, she could be anywhere by now. Right. She was in a vehicle. She wasn't just walking or being led away by somebody. That car could have driven 100 miles, 300 miles by now. So right. um, that's probably what's going through uh, Daryl's mind and hope he's got a plan for later to, to go find her. I don't, I don't think that they would stop Daryl from leaving. I think if, if Daryl wanted to leave, he could just say, I'm going to go. And if they ask him why, he can just say, well, I have a dentist appointment that I have to make. Uh, so I'll see you guys later. <laughs> my dentist called me to remind me. I got to be there yeah, at 940. I just got a morning. reminder card in the mail that my uh, my teeth cleaning has come up and I've got to get to, uh, to Fort Bragg and I got to go. <laughs> so see you later. There you go. All right, our next email comes from Anthony in Independence, Missouri. And he says, Everyone knows when a farm pig gets out in the wild, it turns feral very quickly. Its hair gets thick and bristly, and its tusks begin to grow again. This reminds me of what is happening to Daryl. Maybe we should start calling him Feral Daryl. Feral Daryl. Okay, so first of all, I didn't know this about pigs, so I guess not everybody knows. And second of all, that's cool. Is that true? That, that their tusks start to grow and that they get all, they get like, their hair gets thick and bristly again? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not, I don't know from pigs. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does sound pretty cool. I mean, I wonder how fast that happens. You know, if a pig gets out in the wild, it's like a week later or less. Is it covered in fur and got big tusks? Probably not, but. That's crazy. They should run into pigs more in this show because that'd be awesome. That's right, because they're all wild pigs now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Feral Daryl. We got the Stooky Feral Monster Daryl. and Feral Daryl. That's right. All right, so we have uh, Rob from Swindon, UK. I think to the onlookers, it was a stupid idea, but to Glenn, it was a necessity. His reasoning for entering the tunnel was, if Maggie went through there, then I have to, too. This tells me that he is considering the option that Maggie might be one of the walkers in the tunnel. The reason he entered the tunnel was to confirm that Maggie was not one of these walkers. I think that his behavior, I think that from his behavior when he encountered the tunnel zombies 
uh, back this up. The first thing he did was to confirm Maggie wasn't one of them. Right. I should have moved this email up a couple to go with those other ones, but... Uh... Yeah, this was the point I was uh, I was referring to earlier is that, uh, you know, this might very well be his reasoning that I have to go into the tunnel because I hear zombies. And if I go around, I'll never know if Maggie was one of them. And in fact, then he might get ahead of her and then be, uh, be t- you know, never meet up with her because he's ahead of her. And, and if something I, happens, they're that's going it. to the same place. Who cares if they get he gets ahead of her? Yeah, but if something happens to her, he'll never know that he'll have he'll arrive there and be like, oh, no, Maggie. Then he, what he'll he'll have to turn around and start going back. That's fine. It sounds like a pain in the ass to me. Well, I mean, if you're looking for the love of your life, nothing's a pain in the ass. You just keep going forward. All right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, this might very well be the reasoning for entering the tunnel. Okay. Our next email. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go to the next email, uh, I still, uh, it still doesn't make any sense why he brought Tara with him. Tara was injured. Tara's useless. Why bring Tara? Tara get lost. Well. I don't like you anymore. To be fair, you know, he was going to go do it on his own if he had to and she stepped up and basically volunteered to come she's still a liability and was a liability and almost got him killed no you're you're totally right but you know all he could have done is said no you go with them i'm fine but she feels connected to to uh glenn right she i think she feels indebted to him in a crazy way and so she's going to stick with him no matter what you know her turning around and leaving and going with uh, Eugene and Rosita and Abraham, I mean, they're basically still strangers at this point. They've been traveling for, what, one day? You know, I guess you can get to know someone on a one-day walking road trip, but still, it's I, I think she feels a connection with Glenn, and at this point in time, she wouldn't leave him for anything. I think she's got a connection with Eugene. Eugene thinks she's hot. Yeah, but she likes girls. It's... You know, it's a weird connection, but it's a connection. Okay, you could be right. Uh, I mean, Glenn should have maybe protested a little bit more and said, no, come on, you 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 can't even run. What happens if we have to run? We can only go one direction in here, so you stay with these guys, and I'll see you later. Right. All right, now can I move on? Yes, please. All right, Lori from the internet says, Jason, you mentioned the lack of Rick for the last couple of episodes and that you thought his character was being demoted to just another in a group ensemble. Uh-oh. Scott Gimple was on After Buzz TV, and the topic of Rick was broached. Gimple said that having very little Rick is intentional. It is to stress how disparate the group is, particularly without their leader. By the way, I loved us. It is what alone and still should have been. My pre-show anxiety has been amped up with each successive episode. Is anyone else experiencing this, or am I crazy? <laughs> it might be both. Mm-hmm. It might be. Okay, so, um, yeah, I didn't think that he was necessarily being demoted to, you know, being a, a member of a, 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 an ensemble cast, but I think maybe everybody else was being elevated to, uh, you know, an ensemble cast kind of thing. Look at but you it makes sense. It if around. he was on After Buzz TV and, uh, you know, Scott Gimple said that uh, it was intentional to uh, give a feeling of, you know, all these people are scattered and they have to come back together somehow. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think it was effective, actually, now that I look at it in that light. Uh, I still I still found it unusual that we were away from Rick for so long. But I think I said last time that we're going to swing back to him, and I would be surprised if going ahead into Season 5, he doesn't sort of become the focus anymore. But when you think about it, 
back at the uh, prison at the beginning of this season, you know, Rick was, he was Farmer Rick, and everybody else was doing stuff, making decisions. He almost wasn't as big a part as that half of this season um, as any other time as well. So they kind of wound Rick down for season four and turned him off for a while and just let him sit on blocks for a little bit. And now they're starting him back up, and they're going to take him on a nice ride in season five. Nice. The way Good I analogy. See. That was an automobile analogy. It was, and I Good work. I it just it just all came out. Right. All right. So now we have Mark from Baltimore. The throw the throwaway line about what caused the outbreak outbreak and how it was cured was it's classified. And Glenn did ask. I think it was just before the walkers uh, came out of the corn. Walkers of the corn. Uh, it's something a sergeant charged with a mission to defend Eugene from answering. Uh, Claudia points us out in the same Yeah, so the same line. our next one is from Claudia, and she kind of points out the same line, because we talked about nobody ever asking Eugene right. what's up. Yeah, okay, so I stand corrected. The Eugene did say, or somebody said, it's classified. Eugene said that in that first scene. Um, now, Claudia says, if it was me, I would beat him up for that info. It's the, in the end of the world, there is no such thing as classified information, right? So... You know, we did have one throwaway line, it's classified, but that's kind of not enough, is what Claudia is saying. You know, in this universe, like, this is all that you think about now, surviving in the zombie apocalypse. If you know what caused it, or you know what can uh, reverse it or prevent it, you tell me right now, or I beat you up. Yeah, and I agree with Claudia. I would beat the living hell out of him. Like, it's classified. No, you spread this information around because you're in mortal danger and getting this information out and into the right hands by any any means necessary is uh, an absolute necessity. Uh, So classifying it uh, only basically means now everybody has to protect you endangering their lives and I'm going to beat the crap out of you so that uh, we don't have to protect you we just have to get the information which is more important than your stupid haircut uh, <laughs> we have to have that information yeah it makes no sense for one person to be holding that information uh, but they did have a line and uh, they were addressing it and it does make uh, make him out to be a bit of a jerk but uh yeah, okay, so I, I stand corrected and we stand corrected that Glenn did ask and he was answered in a uh, a, a crappy way. So read the next character. one uh, from Tristan. All right, so, uh, so this is Tristan from Alaska. Don't you find it a bit odd that no one really talks about it? What caused it? Can we stop it? How did you find the answer? I find it uh, I find it kind of fishy that no one is talking about it and it could have huge effects on people's lives. Right, so that's what we're saying. And... Um, the the point is, well, I think what this says is that there is definitely something a bit, a bit odd or a bit inappropriate about uh, Eugene. Whether he knows something or not, he's using that information to force people around him to protect him. Yes. Because he knows he can't do it himself because he's useless with that gun. He and, uh, you know. It sounds like he's useless in every way. You know, in this particular world. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In the, exactly. In surviving the zombie apocalypse, he just doesn't have the skills to do it. He realized that early on, probably, and was like, okay, that guy's big and strong and can shoot stuff. I'm going to get him to hang around with me, and I'm going to say that I know what caused the end of the world, because that's probably the single most important thing you can know in this particular situation. Right. Um, so whether he knows anything or not... 
he's he's using that information or that you know fake information if it's fake to uh to make force people to protect him and everybody that wrote in is absolutely right the information if there is any is more important than him and his stupid haircut like you said that's right yeah <laughs> so uh you know it's it's an interesting play by Eugene but someone's going to call him on it soon i bet maybe maybe <clears throat> Uh, now I've lost track. Am I doing the next one? Yeah, Allison from Indianapolis is okay. all you. Okay, Allison says, do you think Len really put the rabbit he- head half in Daryl's pack and Joe witnessed it? I'm not so sure. I think Joe planted it and lied when he said he witnessed Len do it. His motivation being uh, behind this being it would solve the conflict issues between Daryl and Len because Joe clearly realizes Daryl's a better asset to the group. I don't know. Len is pretty. Uh, he's pretty good with that bow. He was good with the bow, um, but Len seems to be. You know, he seems to be a bit of a uh, wild stupid jerk face. A stupid jerk face and a bit of a wild wild cannon. Is that the is that the idiom? I think wild turkey or a loose cannon. Oh, a loose cannon. That's it. He's a bit yeah. of a loose cannon because he came. Um, you know, the other dude was on the bed in Rick's house. Len is the guy who came in, beat him up for it, even though it was already claimed, and strangled him out, and then went to sleep on it. So Len himself has trouble following the rules, it seems like, and maybe Joe was like, we got to get rid of him, and here's my way of doing it. Right. And and just so you know, a loose cannon is a nautical term, because uh, back when they had cannon on ships, if a cannon became unhinged or the rope broke and uh, in a battle, uh, it would just fly all over the deck and basically kill a bunch of people and knock things over and maybe, you know, screw up ropes and all kinds of stuff. So a big, huge loose cannon on a swinging deck in a battle is a very, very bad thing. And if you're a loose cannon in a group, that's also a bad thing because dangerous. you're going to get them killed, you're dangerous, and and you just don't get along. So yeah. um, I think it's an interesting theory. I don't know if the show's ever going to go back to it, but bottom line, Len's dead, and... Daryl's still not looking for Beth. Yep. All right, so this next email comes from Stephen on the internet. Two comments. One, why does everybody seem to think that Beth was taken by someone malevolent? She ran from the house being pursued by the zombies and couldn't find Daryl. And someone pulls up and says, get in. Sure, she would be screaming for Daryl, but I can see it being someone genuinely trying to help her. And two, I really hope that they aren't lazy, lazily putting Daryl into a which side am I on dilemma again. There's no way he would side with these guys if and when they find Rick. Okay, so point number one, sure, I guess it's totally possible that someone was genuinely trying to help Beth. She runs out in the middle of the night. Uh, she's There's zombies all around. Somebody just, Hop in, I can help you. I have candy. Someone happens to be driving by on a nice summer evening drive and uh, sees this girl in distress and says, hey, jump in my car. I can help you. Right. Um, the only I've problem candy with, and puppies. Yeah. The only problem it's safe with, in here. Sorry. <laughs> the only problem with that <laughs> is that if they were genuinely nice and trying to help her, she'd be like, but my friend is back there. Can we wait or is there anything we can do? And so she wouldn't have gotten very far, and Daryl probably would have found them like a couple minutes up the road. But, uh, you know, Beth might also know that Daryl ran down into that room that she knows had no exit, and uh, Daryl probably wouldn't have survived. She's like, that guy's dead. I'm getting into this guy's car with candy and puppies, and we're all going to go to fairy lovely land and have a great old time. (laughs) Okay, maybe. She could assume he's dead, but... 
She also knows he's Daryl Dixon. And, you know, Daryl Dixon comes with an innate ability to survive. Right. And shoot squirrels, except for that one squirrel. Except for that one. So, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, it could be, if this was real life, it could be someone trying to help her, but it's not. So, I think this is probably, well, I think Dar- uh, Beth is probably at Terminus already, and we're going to find that out this week. All right, maybe she got in the car. Because he's somebody said he, I assume it's a he or she, I guess, uh, said, get in, I can protect you. And she got in. She said, uh, my friend Daryl is in there. He's, uh, I don't know if you know this about him, but he's Daryl Dixon and he's going to survive. So we got to wait for him. And whoever picked her up said, screw that, we're going. And just left while she's screaming, no, you have to wait for Daryl. Please wait for Daryl. And uh, they just buggered off. There is all kinds of possibilities, I suppose. Um, what do you about, what do you think about Stephen's second point here that if they're writing Daryl into this which side am I going to choose dilemma, his character's almost kind of already done that, right? It's like you're with me, my brother, or you're with you know Rick, my friend, and we all know how that worked out. Do we really need to see Daryl kind of having to choose sides again? Because clearly the wild dogs and Rick are not going to get along when they do finally come together. I, I don't honestly. I don't see this being a uh, a plot point in the show. I don't think Daryl's going to try and going to have to decide whether to go with these wild dogs or to go with Brick. I think he's going to basically say, "Yeah, screw you guys. This is it's, you know it's Rick and Michonne, and I like these people a lot more than I like you because you're a bunch of stupid jerk faces." Yeah, I agree. And even though you know last time we sort of said that he's turning into or even joe said he's reverting back to his outdoor cat personality feral pig or feral pig he's feral daryl uh he's he's still far more connected to rick and the gang than he is the wild dogs so as soon as rick is back on the scene i'm pretty sure like you said he's gonna be like oh there's he's my friend i'm going with him right yeah um so i doubt they'll drag it out i doubt it'll be a big thing it might not be obvious right at first, like, you know, they might do one of those things where the wild dogs are attacking Rick and the viewers know that Rick is there hiding in the trees, but maybe Daryl doesn't, so he's fighting them at first, but it'll come together and he'll be back on uh, Team Rick. Yeah, I'm I sure. Agree. Okay, now we're going to get into some predictions that people have sent in for the season four finale. We kind of went off on an unplanned prediction tangent at the end of last, uh, or Monday's podcast. Right. And I threw out the option for people to send in what they thought was going to happen. So we got a bunch here and we're going to go through them now. So these are just predictions. They could be spoilery. As far as I know, none of this information is based on actual real information. So if somebody knows what's going to happen and they wrote in and they framed it like a prediction, I mean, it could be spoilery, but we don't know for sure. We have no idea. The other problem... Think of it this way. If a a blind man throws enough darts at a dartboard, every once in a while he's going to hit a bullseye. Exactly. So that could happen here. I don't know. I think our prediction, frankly, from last week is uh, pretty, pretty good. But other other people have some other ideas. The other thing here is that people do make reference to the comic and the Walking Dead video game, not in too many specific ways, but they do, you know, mention some things about them that they think might be 
about to happen in the TV show. They, they at least, I think people are starting to see similarities or points that influence could be had from those right. other properties. So if you're really, really sensitive to spoilers from the, t- uh, from the um, video game or the comic book, uh, you might want to uh, move on right now. Right. But our first one is a call, and it comes from Charles in Los Angeles. Hey, guys. My name is Charles, first time, long time, and I'm coming at you from Los Angeles. I just wanted to give my two cents on the finale. My prediction is that we're going to lose Tara and Maggie. Tara, because uh, she has sprained her ankle. She hurt her ankle and she hurt her knee. And what do lions do when they are um, hunting like gazelles or zebras? They go after the weakest one. And I think that her being injured uh, definitely lends itself to to the idea that she might not make it past the finale. Also, with Maggie, I think um, she burned the picture. That is not wise. Um, I hope it's a red herring, and I really hope we don't lose her, but something tells me um, Glenn is going to be sad that he no longer has that picture because uh, I think Maggie's a goner. Anyway, those are my uh, two cents. Uh, Keep up the great work, and I'll... uh, Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thanks, Charles. So the only thing about the picture, and I know we mentioned this last time too, is that it's so obvious. Would they really do it? Yeah, they might. <clears throat> it's a bit of a trope, but uh, you know, you never buy a boat two weeks before you retire from the police force. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Yeah. Uh, and you never burn a picture you're uh, while you're in a tunnel full of zombies thinking that you won't need it anymore because you're going to be together forever. It it, But that's what I mean. It's just so obvious and it's such a trope that I just, I almost don't even think they're going to do it because it's too obvious. They're, they're setting us up to think that, but every time they do that, it doesn't really play out that way. Um, and it's become one of those tropes where if you see that in a movie you you know that that character isn't going to make it and then it's a big sort of joke in that movie like it's taken to the point of parody at this point right at least i think anyways so i don't know it's it feels too obvious but then again you never know some maybe they'll maybe they'll like reverse bait and switch us and <laughs> and uh they'll they'll go for it so I what's don't know. a reverse bait and switch well i don't know it's is that that where you uh you switch something out and then say, see, this new thing is better. Here you go. Well, we could Sorry. analyze that <laughs> that statement, I guess, for a while. But uh, what all I mean is it's so obvious that I assume they're not going to do it, but then maybe they will. Right. Right. Oh, I see. It's a, it's, a, it's a double fake out. A double fake out. That's what it is. That makes yeah, more okay. sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a double fake out. All righty. All right. So next we have a call from uh, Austin in Tennessee. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Austin from Tennessee. My prediction for season four finale would be that Michonne in some way sacrifices her life for uh, Carl. It seems that they've become very close to each other and uh, great friends over the second half of the season. And uh, as much as I'd hate to see Michonne go, 
it seems like that might be a really big possibility uh, from the way I'm looking at it anyways. So, uh, thanks guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Austin. So, this is one I wouldn't see coming. But I also think that they could foreshadow this. Like, they have brought Michonne and Carl so close together, and they seem to be bonding so well. Killing one of them off all of a sudden would be shocking and heartbreaking. Yet, it's not a scenario like Maggie in the picture that I would say you could see coming a mile away. That's true. Right? So I don't want to see Michonne die. I don't want to see Carl die. Um, But it could happen. It could happen. Anything could happen. Okay, one more call. Amanda in Chicago. Hey, guys. This is Amanda from Chicago. I can't participate in the holy crap, did you see that? Uh, Because I don't actually watch the episodes first. I listen to you guys and catch it when it gets on Netflix. But uh, I can participate in the prediction. And my prediction is... They're not going to find out about the cannibalism until probably this half-season finale. Everyone's going get to get determinous. Um, I have to say the first thing I thought of was Lee and Clementine from the video game and the farmhouse. I think it was the third episode. Um, but I think that the first half of the season is going to be searching for Beth. Random people are going to go missing. One of our friends is going to be very uneasy about this and not quite sure what to think. We're going to find out that all of these missing people are ending up on the grill. Um, again, another movie that kind of reminded me of was Fried Green Tomatoes. Um, but that is my prediction. I don't think they're going to find out about the cannibalism until probably half-season finale. But uh, I wonder what you guys think. Thanks for a great podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Amanda. So um, I could see that. I could see them drawing it out, making Terminus seem maybe a little unusual, but kind of okay for a while. They live there. We get halfway through season five, and then there's a big reveal. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Right? They, the show likes to give our characters a home base. You know, we got into season two and they were on the farm. We got into season three and they're on the prison. Season four, for half of it, they're still in the prison. And now they've been on the road for a half season and they probably are thinking maybe we need to give them a home base again. So Terminus, if Terminus doesn't obviously, from the get-go, come out as being a not-so-friendly place and they have to leave or have to fight to leave or whatever, maybe they're going to move in, they'll stay there a while... Like Amanda said, they'll go out looking for Beth, they'll do other things, maybe some strange things will happen, and then sort of midway through season five, they'll be like, uh-oh, this place is not so cool, we got to get out of here. Right. And, and Amanda, uh, listening to us and then waiting for the episode to come on to uh, to Netflix? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I respect that and everything, but that's, I don't I don't quite understand it. <laughs> well, I... I, I um. I don't know if it was Amanda who emailed me, but she's, if it wasn't her, she's not the first person to tell me that that's what they do. They don't actually watch the show until it's available on Netflix or somewhere else, and they listen to us first. And I'm like, that is insane, but hey, thank you for listening. We appreciate having you on board. <laughs> well, I guess I just, I'm, uh, I'm more geared towards avoiding spoilers. Right, I like to avoid spoilers on uh, TV shows and anything, movies, anything, until I see it. Right, but this is the service we provide. Our recap is so in depth that you don't even need to watch the episode. It's all right there, played out in front of you. 
Perfect. I'm going to stop watching the episodes. <laughs> sure. It's like a radio <laughs> drama. We do, you know, it's just without all the acting. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, Garrett in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I wonder if Beth is safe back at the funeral home. I wonder if the minister from the comics resides there and was returning from gathering supplies when he saw Daryl carrying Beth. Maybe the minister s- saw that Daryl had a crossbow and thought that he might be one of the wild dogs. Maybe the minister knows about the wild dogs and has seen how they treat women and thought Daryl claimed Beth and was holding her hostage. Maybe the minister led the zombies to the door to help rescue Beth. If indeed that's who has her, I see that as a completely plausible explanation. Right. Do, do the wild dogs claim women? Well, I I don't know that we've ever seen them do that, but they have had some fairly inappropriate things to say about women. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they tried to claim some human being. Yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, there's talk when you get into a bunch of guys. I mean, I've been in pipe bands uh, in my younger days, and uh, some of the locker room talk that was floating around a pipe band while we were rehearsing or practicing was just downright disgusting and nasty. And then once these guys got together with their wives, which we had, you know, uh, get-togethers every now and again, they were the sweetest guys you'd ever meet. I mean, two-faced and stupid, but they were sweet uh, and would never do anything that they said they were going to do while, uh, you know, while in the rehearsal room. Right. Well, so maybe the wild dogs are just, you know, they're just talking shit and they, they talk and talk and talk, but wouldn't actually go to the lengths of claiming a woman like a possession. Maybe not, but Jason, maybe they would. There are three levels of of uh of this and the the one level is the guy who never says anything terrible he's always genuine really sweet guy level two is what you described in your pipe band <laughs> right <laughs> uh, of people who have you know engage in the locker room talk but then go home and they're completely nice normal guys and then there's level three where people talk like that and they actually behave and act like that and uh that's i think what level we're talking about with the wild dog gang okay i don't know uh but i like I, to think of myself as level one level one yeah, naturally naturally yeah but every once in a while you like to delve into level two do i <laughs> no i don't is that an know. accusation like seriously do i no i don't really do that no of course not no. We, we've hung around a lot you're not like that at all okay uh let's see matt is next right from clementon new jersey as for a wild prediction, I say they follow through on what transpired this past week. Glenn's group reaches Terminus, and Tyrese isn't there yet. Abraham, Rosita, Eugene, Sasha, and Bob travel to Washington and are never heard from again. It will be the worst ending to a storyline ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great prediction. Boring. They all get there. They stay for a day. Everybody leaves just in time for everyone else to show up. Yep. And uh, Eugene, Sasha, Bob, Abraham, Rosita, all written off the show. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. In a <laughs> totally unfantastic way. All right. So this next email is from Sarah in Mission, BC. I was thinking about who will die in the finale, and I think it might be Rick for a few reasons. One, his character hasn't been prominent for a while. Even when the focus is, is on him, we mostly just see Michonne and Carl. Two, Michonne and Carl's bond is strengthening and they have become good friends. I wonder if the writers are building up their friendship so that if Rick dies, Carl has someone to lean on. Three, Andrew Lincoln is going on the, on, sorry, Talking Dead, 
going on the couch for the first time. It seems a little suspicious, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. I first thought it would be Maggie, but uh, but the burning of the picture seems too obvious. And I think they're just misleading us to think that it's Maggie. But who the hell knows, right? Right. So the picture's too obvious. I think the Rick, the whole Rick thing, I think it's way more likely that Michonne or Carl would uh, bite the bullet than than Rick. You know, it, it still works. Keep bringing them really close together, if Carl dies, then Rick and Michonne have this sort of connection because she was close with his son. If Carl, if uh, Michonne dies, Carl's going to need his father to, to console him and get him through the grief kind of thing. So I kind of think it's more likely that that might happen than Rick dying because, after all, he's Rick, and he's pretty central to this show, even though we haven't seen him very much lately. Right. Yeah, I really don't think it's going to be Rick. I'm not saying Rick will never die on this show, but if he does, it's going to be last season kind of stuff, right? He may Maybe he'll die halfway through the last season, and then it plays out from there. Right. But I don't think it would just be out of the blue kind of middle of the road right here. Am I allowed to spoil uh, other shows? Well, warn people, tell them what show it is, and well, then... we're in a spoilery kind of section, so I th- I'm thinking I'm well, just by the fact that I'm mentioning the name of the show and this topic might uh, might be spoilery, so uh... I'm going to spoil another show on AMC, uh, and here goes. So the same thing happened with uh, with Hank in Breaking Bad, right? A central character mm-hmm. uh, dies early in the final season. Sorry, spoiler. I feel I still feel bad. I, I warn the hell out of it, and I still feel bad about saying. Well, that. that's a huge one, man. Maybe I should cut that out. Okay. I don't know. I mean, uh, we're in a spoilery section, and I gave lots of spoilery warnings, so I, I don't know what more that we could do other than you cutting it out or just bleep it. Just just bleep it. I'll do that. Remember, Boomer's a Cylon. You could bleep that too. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, way to go. Next is Steph from Australia. I have a bad feeling that Rick, Carl, and Michonne are going to be ambushed by Daryl and the wild dogs. Rick and gang will kill them all, only to realize later Rick has killed Daryl. Kirkman has said that Rick will be pushed to his absolute limit, and that fans have a rough summer ahead of them. Unless, spoiler deleted, or Carl dies, unlikely, I can't think of anything else that is going to totally ruin Rick. I hope I'm very wrong about this. Well, that's interesting. So spoiler deleted was my insertion there because uh, Steph said something that I didn't think was, uh, I thought was just too much. For, it was for, just too hot. It so was, it's basically like bleeding out that uh, a boomer's asylum. Yeah, it was just too hot. Um, but hey, if Rick is going to go off the deep end again, it better be for something big and killing his friend Daryl by accident uh, could be that big thing. Hmm. That's true. We'll see. All right, so this is from Frank on the internet. Has the Walking Den, the Walking Den, has the Walking Dead ever done a cliffhanger? I don't think so. Each season premiere has allowed for some time passage. Between season one and season two, it's implied that at least a month has passed. Between season two and season three, at least six months. And between season three and season four, it feels like another six to nine months. One of the problems with doing a cliffhanger is that their children actors, child actors, tend to age a year in the time it takes to film a new uh, the new episodes. With Mika and Lizzie out of the way, it's no longer an issue. However, Carl is still in the game. If Carl goes, the show will be freed up to do cliffhangers going forward. 
Next week's episode seems to be Carl and Rick focused. Maybe Carl gets killed off by the wild dogs. Yeah, um, maybe, you know, and he's kind of right. It's hard to do a cliffhanger when there's such a long break in between or a long time jump in between seasons. That's true. You and, know? And, and he's also right. Frank, you're also right in that uh, they don't do cliffhangers uh, between seasons in this show. I so have, I don't think that it will be a cliffhanger. I have a feeling that this season will be different. I think this season they're going to show us something at the end and season five will pick up right where season four leaves off. Well, I don't I don't know that that's a cliffhanger. They might do a snake in the mailbox kind of thing, but they, I don't know if it necessarily will be a cliffhanger. Well, it comes down to your definition of of it, I guess. But I I have a feeling there will not be that time jump between season four and five because they've just arrived at somewhere new. To do a time jump, you think everything has to be kind of good and and relaxed, right? Because if if things are bad, you can't jump ahead in time and skip all that time because, like, what happened in that in in, in those months, right? But yeah. if things are good, you can do that, like. They're in the they're in the uh, they're in the prison and they've settled in, so you can jump ahead in time. Now they've got pigs, they're growing stuff, everything is fine. But you can't do that when they've just arrived somewhere new and there's potential danger, or maybe there's obvious danger that they show us. I don't know. So I have a feeling it's going to be different this year, but we will see. Hmm. Okay, Steve in Cambridge writes. So between what I've seen on the show and heard through your podcast, I have a theory. I think the writers have been misleading us all along. They've worked hard to make us think Terminus is utopia, and this group Daryl's with are the guys to worry about. I think it's the complete opposite. What I see going into next season is that Rick, Carl, and Michonne will meet up with Daryl and his group, hash out their issues, and that group will be the cavalry they need to rescue the others from some seriously dark stuff in Terminus, I guess. Hmm... Interesting theory. I like it. You know, if they're if they're purposefully misleading us, it could be a good. Is this a bait and switch? Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is a bait and switch. Good. Good thing I got my uh, my phrasing right this time, or my uh, <laughs> use my usage, my language usage. <laughs> yeah, your word usage. Yeah. All right. So next, this is from Maria in Spartanburg, South Carolina. In the comics, the victims of the cannibals are kept alive as long as possible. Uh, as they consume legs, arms, etc., and didn't kill them until they were going to finish them off to avoid turning and thus cannibals eating infected meat. Our poor visitors could conceivably eat Beth Burgers and then find her still alive, albeit gravely wounded or handicapped, and realize they have eaten part of her, but she's still alive. How savage and horrible would that be? That would be savage and horrible. It would be gross. There is no denying it. All right, Jose in upstate New York writes, "My in reference to the title of the season four finale, it's called A. Isn't A a grade of meat? I'm sure even cannibals have a rating system. Oh, yeah. Grade A meat. Grade A beef. Grade, grade A. Grade A beef. Yep. No, that uh, that's absolutely correct. I think that is a seriously good catch. And you know what? It's just one more of those hints that I think... The producers of this show have dropped in on us. I mean, what else can A mean other than grade A? Or, well, it could be like a good mark. Or you know, A. You, you, you've done really well. Could be a reference to the Fonz. A++. That would be E-H, wouldn't it? It would. Oh, but, no, but it's A. Who knows? It's the Fonz. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. 
Uh, isn't A, like grade A, the worst grade of beef? Uh, well, I don't best? know. What are the How other grades? Triple well, A? there's triple A, the double uh, A. I got a, uh, a roast that was triple A the uh, couple of weeks ago, and it was the best roast beef I ever had in my whole life. Okay, so maybe you're right. Maybe A is, but is there a B? <laughs> B okay, gr- so we got, uh, we got prime, triple A, double A, and A. And oh. so the I guess it has to do with marbling because marbling you know, prime is slightly abundant, triple A is small, double uh, A is slight, and A is trace. Okay, I don't know. I think marbling is a good thing in beef, though, isn't it? I I, I don't know. Well, it depends on what you want, right? It's like I suppose. Maybe so. it's not a quality scale. Maybe it's simply a differentiator, and you you just know which one you like. Right. I don't know. Anyways, uh, it is a rating of meat, and I think it's a pretty good catch by Jose in upstate New York. Yeah, that's a great catch. All right, next we have Brad in Pittsburgh, Canada. Can- Canada. Kansas. Yeah. Oh, man, my brain is getting a little <laughs> soft today. There's another bait uh, and switch. Pittsburgh, Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. <clears throat> Brad makes a bunch of points, many of which were already discussed, but here's a prediction. I was doing some snooping on IMDb and noticed that Morgan was on the cast casting list for the season finale. After seeing this, I'm a strong believer that it was he who took Beth. I am not really sure of the reason, but I am positive it's not part of the cannibals. Okay, so positive, uh, Brad, in Pittsburgh, Kansas, that, he, that whoever took Beth is not with the cannibals, if indeed there are cannibals. A, we don't even know that yet, uh, even though I have a strong feeling. But... Could it be Morgan? Um, IMDb is notoriously unreliable for casting information. So yeah, the I stands for inaccurate, right? The pretty inaccurate much. movie database? Well, it, IMDb, if you have an account, it's like Wikipedia. You can edit any entry you want. It has to be approved by moderators, but, I mean, well, there's lots of things that they would approve for no reason or because they have no reason to disbelieve them. So if uh, Morgan is in this episode, great. I'd be surprised, though. Yeah. So, but good theory. Okay, finally, our last one, Jason, comes from Robert Kirkman on oh. Reddit. Oh, so he didn't email us? No, he did an AMA last week or earlier this week, and he was asked, if you had to sum up the season finale in one word, what would it be? And his answer, savage. Honestly, people are going to be talking about this one. The cliffhanger at the oh, end of season four, will make the wait between seasons four and five the hardest wait we've ever had. Enjoy. Well, okay, so he said this. Well, you know, Robert Robert Kirkman has been known to out and out lie uh, about what's going on. Oh yeah. So uh, if we take it, take him at his word. Uh, savage means uh, lots of uh, beatings and. Uh, beheadings and maybe a trident or two and the <laughs> fact that there's going to be a cliffhanger is is pretty cool really uh but if he's you know just blown smoke up our uh, shoelaces then uh really anything could happen well anything could happen no matter what um but you're right kirkman is one of the most unreliable sources for information when you talk to Showrunners, Gimple, Mazzara in the past, when you talk to directors, they all answer your questions. They don't really tell you anything, but they might not lie about the tone of an episode, right? If they say something is savage and brutal, it probably will be, even though you have no information about what's going on. When Robert Kirkman says something is savage, it could be all unicorns and bunny rabbits. I mean, 
he is the worst man on earth for information about The Walking Dead. Okay, well, so in that case, I really appreciate you putting uh, putting this in here. Uh, it's completely, uh, it's 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 basically null. The whole thing is null because we can't believe him. We can't believe a word he says. No, absolutely not. But I I do think it is interesting to hear his answer. It's important to note that this was an ask me anything, not I will answer everything truthfully. Yeah, Reddit right. doesn't do those. No, it doesn't do those. It just <laughs> says ask me anything. Yeah. So anyways, I think it's interesting. At least now we have it on record that he said it would be savage and that there will be a cliffhanger and people are going to be talking about this one. So in uh, a few days... That I believe. I believe that people will be talking about this one. I can guarantee you that you and I will be talking about this season finale. You're right. You're absolutely right. So he wasn't lying with that point there. Yeah. Um, But we will find out. We'll see if Robert Kirkman, when we come back on Monday with our recap of the season finale, we'll see if anything he said here, other than the talking about it, holds water. I hope he's right. I hope it's savage and brutal and there's a cliffhanger and we'll be like, holy crap, did you see that whole episode? That was uh, that was freaking awesome. Me too. I hope That's he's right I'm too. hoping for. Yeah. All right. That is it for this podcast. Thank you to everyone who sent in your comments and feedback. Only one more episode, Jason. So here's what's going to happen. We will be recapping that episode on Monday night, like usual. You have until that night to send in your Record a Favorite Scene contest. So if you've been sitting on your hands for a while, now is the time to get up, step in front of the microphone, and lay down a track and then send it to us. We will choose our favorite on the Tuesday and let you know on our Wednesday feedback show next week who the winner is. And then you know what I was thinking of doing? What? I was thinking of just taking all of them, stringing them together in 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 one big row, and then sort of throwing that out, not really as an episode, but almost sort of a bonus you know episode on, on the feed so that people could hear all of the different entries. That's a good idea. I because, like that. Because I haven't played every one of them. Um, we have, you know, too many to play, but uh, it would be fun to get them all out there. So maybe I'll do that uh, in the weeks after season four, four ends. Cool. That's a good idea. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then uh, after the feedback episode, we will see what's going on. We'll, of course, probably wrap up season four. We will get back into doing Walking Dead news, things like that. And uh, I know I haven't been mentioning the ratings, but I'll definitely, uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll take a look back at the ratings for season four and see how they, how they improved or declined from season three. But I don't think they've declined in any way. So right. we will be doing that kind of stuff. We'll also be reviewing the second half of The Fall of the Governor, which is now out. We'll do that on a podcast. Cool. We will probably talk about the, you know, the um, ex- the new chapters released in the second season of the Telltale video game. So yep. there's still lots of stuff to get to after season four ends, and uh, as we move on into the summer and uh, into the hiatus. So lots of stuff to do still. Awesome. All right. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be great. Very much so. <laughs> Uh, if you want to contact us, though, you can give us a call at one 483 9662 or you can go on our website and click the Send Voicemail button. That's TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Then click Send Voicemail, and you'll be able to record yourself with the microphone 
already built into your computer. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. We've got a pretty good thing going over there at Facebook. Lots of fans chatting. I try to post something every couple of days. Just the other day, I posted um, a link to a brewery in Philadelphia that is making Walking Dead-inspired beer with real brains. Oh, gross. Goat, roasted goat brain. And Still gross. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But I uh, I asked if there was any listeners in Philly that would be willing to try it and let us know what they think. So hopefully somebody does that. I, I know a couple of people in Philly. Maybe I'll uh, send them a request. Yeah, do it, man. See if they'll go. See if they'll 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 drink some, and uh, they can they can let us know. I'm curious. I'll be honest. If I was down there, I'd try it. And Philly's a nice place. I mean, I really enjoyed the the one time I was there. I would go again, and I might go just to drink beer. But brain beer, that's the question. No, that's gross. I wouldn't do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, brain beer. Go over to Facebook, facebook.com slash the talking dead. Um, email. You can email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Please send in, record your favorite scenes for the next few days until the deadline. And um, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the talking dead, where you can support the show. Once again, thanks to everyone who's already done that. And people who have supported us at the um, the silver level or uh, higher, we will start, you know, mentioning you on the show, and we'll get that supporters page up soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's it. Season finale coming up, everybody. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you once again for listening. Bye. I bought whiskey.